Welcome to the Mystery of Home Education with Linda LaCour Hobar, author of The Mystery of History, a world history curriculum for all ages. This pre-recorded podcast is designed for new and returning homeschool parents seeking direction, encouragement, and inspiration from a biblical worldview. And now your hostess, Linda LaCour Hobar. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Mystery of Home Education, where above all, I hope to be encouraging. I know you have thousands of podcasts to choose from. I really appreciate you stopping by this one. Now, what you and I have in common is home education, which means your plate is full. You don't need more to do, and I'm not here to pile more onto you. You already have so much responsibility. You really have a magnificent role as home educator. But if you homeschool and just occasionally ache for beauty, well, you're in the right place. And I want you to consider this question. Are you, amid all your duties, making a beautiful homeschool? I think it's a legitimate heart question. I will explore it with you today. But first, I think we need to agree on what beauty is and consider its divine source. So here we go. Beauty, it's not a feeling, but it does evoke feelings, right? And beauty is not a thing, but it is found in things, all kinds of things. And beauty is not the same for everyone, but clearly and mysteriously, it's universal. You know, it's really been around since ancient times. Here's a quick example of that. Let's take the story of Helen of Troy, whose loveliness, they say, launched a thousand ships. Now, if you don't know, that's referring to the Trojan War, where Helen was retrieved from some alleged kidnappers. The line about the face launching a thousand ships, that was written by Christopher Marlowe in 1604, and we're still talking about it. Okay, I know I'm getting sidetracked by some history here. Imagine such a thing. Let's get back to beauty. So what is beauty? Well, ultimately, I think beauty is an attribute of God. It's really one of his many attributes. Beauty was created by him, for him. It is found in him. Beauty was present in the Garden of Eden before the fall of man, because we know God said what he created was good and very good. Now, as so many of you know this story, sin did enter the world when it did through the fall. Well, I guess beauty was dimmed and it was tainted. But think about this. It was not entirely destroyed. Beauty to some degree, and by God's design that I don't understand, it survived the fall. I think you'd agree beauty is everywhere. Oh, gosh. Think of the setting sun. Think of a flowering cherry tree, which I insisted we plant in the front yard, despite the fact that Hubby said, well, they're very disease prone. Well, I know that but they really are beautiful. And now I have a cherry tree in my front yard. Oh, it's lovely. Beauty is also found in the bright eyes of children, no doubt. They're so clear, aren't they? I think beauty is found in the crooked smiles of the elderly. Oh, I really do think elderly smiles are beautiful. It's as if those smiles, they seem to hold the secrets to life. I will say Though beauty is most often a delight to our eyes, like what I'm describing. Oh, beauty so much more. It can be discovered through multiple senses because it not only can be seen, it can be heard, it can be felt. The significance of beauty 
is that it is founded in absolute truth. I do believe it comes from a personal creator who cares for his creation. And since we, you and I, are created in the very image of God, it's a passage in Genesis, and since he's beautiful, well, then we desire beauty. We yearn for beauty. I think we seem to genuinely need beauty. Beauty is designed by God to draw, to inspire, to calm, sometimes to satisfy. Not always. It seems we can't get enough of it. But let's just talk about art for a minute. You know, Francis Schaeffer in the classic, How Should We Then Live? He would observe that there is a vast difference between modern art and art of the Renaissance. And why? Well, the artists of the Renaissance, they seem to capture beauty that is actually found in both the ordinary and the extraordinary. They captured beauty in biblical scenes. They captured beauty in people's faces, in their models. But modern art, have you looked at it lately? It's really not so beautiful. It seems instead to reflect emptiness, void, maybe the confusion of the modern soul. I don't know, study it sometime and just notice the lack of beauty in most of today's art. It's kind of sobering. But let's go back to the question. Are you making a beautiful homeschool? Well, I doubt any of us are going to score an A plus if we stop to assess the beauty in our homeschool. I mean, most of us just have a little too much noise going on, too much stuff, too much commotion in our lives to really find beauty in every corner of our routine. But I do propose most of us could at least up our grade, maybe with a little extra attention to beauty. So let's take that apart today. Let's talk about just a few little ways to help you see, hear, and feel beauty in your homeschool. Number one, let's talk about seeing beauty. So on a surface level, I'm not talking about materialism here. I'm not talking about whether or not the curtains match the carpet, but I do want to ask how beautiful is the space where you homeschool, as in have you designated at least a cozy spot, a tidy place, an inviting place to homeschool? Can you see your countertops? (laughs) Can you find a path to the back door? I will say personally, I never had a really large home where I could have an entire room dedicated to homeschool. So that meant that learning really took place in the heart of our home. That was around the kitchen table, piled up in the recliner, sprawled on the floor. I really do remember since we homeschooled in Ohio, some days the kids just homeschooled sitting on top of the heater vents in the living room. (laughs) They were cold and it was warm. I'll just say our workspace, it was actually pretty messy or could be. But I did set aside one storage cabinet in the corner of the dining room where at least we were able to store our school books and supplies during our off hours. And since school was just about everywhere from mm, nine to two, give or take, well, it forced us at the end of the day to straighten the pillows, maybe sprawl that blanket on the sofa prettily one more time. The kitchen wasn't always spotless, but We did focus on the living area, at least every single day, to just maintain a sense of order. And if things got wooly again after school, we imposed something called a five o'clock pickup time. That's where we would stop at five or near there to just pay attention to the house one more time before dad came home. I guess you could say that was a gift to their dad. He liked coming home to a little decency. 
I mean, when his day was rough, he truly enjoyed walking into the calm. So at least we tried. We want our homes to be a place of refuge. I also personally liked this five o'clock pickup time because it sort of divided my rough days. Let's say I had had a really bad day of homeschool. Well, five o'clock pickup time was the time to sort of cut that off, you know, sort of erase the bad day and then usher in what I hope would be a more pleasant evening. Sure, it didn't always work, but we tried. So in wrapping up this part on seeing beauty, again, I'm not just talking about the color of the walls. I'm not talking about just having a picture-perfect windowsill. But I'm hoping that when you look around, you see a beautiful place, picked up or tidied before you start, for the sake of being inviting, and then maybe tidied a bit when you end, just so that when those off hours kick in, you feel good about the school books being closed. Number two, what about hearing beauty? So on a whole nother level, how beautiful are the sounds in your homeschool? Do you want to stop right now and listen? Of course, I don't know if you're in or out of school at this given moment, but pause, think about your day or yesterday, and then ask yourself, now, are you personally contributing or adding sweet sounds? Do you do so with a loving voice (laughs) that's patient? Do you have music that's uplifting, laughter, read-alouds? Are you the singing types? Always wanted to be, but didn't really work. We're not really a singing family. Another question, are you providing at least some quiet corners for independent study or for when it's time to deep dive into an adventure novel? Now, on the flip side, do you seriously need to curb the disrespectful tones or the name-calling or the sass? Let's talk about that for just a bit, because yes, I had three real kids, and of course, they squabbled sometimes. I mean, I think they loved each other, but they squabbled a lot. So to combat the noisy nonsense that, you know, would erupt in our homeschool, I'll tell you one thing I did. I resorted to fining the kids, (laughs) and myself, I was included in this. We fined ourselves 25 cents for any stray, rude remark, or maybe just disruptive behavior during school. Oh, I hate to tell you, but I kept a running list of these things. I'm not really sure what compelled me to save this list, but I did. And now here I am, able to share it with others. So I'm going to rattle off just a few things on these lists that I kept. Maybe I kept it because it represented this real intimate place in our lives. I don't know, but here you go. And I'm just going to name the kids. So sorry, kids, you're getting named here. But Heather was fine for, and I quote, prompting Kyle to evil, (laughs) whatever that was. Then for calling Kyle an idiot, that was name calling, not allowed in our house. And then I put down that she was messing with Ashley's booty. I have no idea what that means, but something, something was was not going quite right there. Okay, Kyle, I have him fined for arguing about handwriting. Well, he shouldn't be arguing with me. I have him fined for throwing pennies. I imagine he just wouldn't stop throwing pennies. And then something about an unrequested butt massage. (laughs) I'm sorry. I had a boy. Just use your imagination on that one. And then on Ashley, well, I have her fined for squealing at Kyle, flicking Heather, and leaving out her school books. Now, I know that last one doesn't sound so bad, but she got double fined for that about the school books. I'm thinking in retrospect, that must have been a bad day. And the clutter was just really getting to me. So double fined she was. Oh, and I am on this list. I got fined for... One, being mean. Two, 
taking an unauthorized phone call during school hours, and three, for vulgar talk. Now, I'm sorry, but I remember that last one. Oh, this one day I just burned my hand on the toaster and I let some very unwholesome words fly out of my mouth. (laughs) So I agreed to be fined. I was trying to show the kids my repentance. I think you get the idea. We needed boundaries to help control the tone and the noise. So I encourage you, strive to hear a beautiful homeschool, both by adding pleasant sounds and by removing the bad ones. Kind of takes both, doesn't it? All right, number three, feeling beauty. So on a deeper level, let me ask, how beautiful are the relationships being felt in your homeschool? Are these relationships warm and affirming? Does every member of the family feel loved and valued despite their shortcomings? Because you know, we all have them. I just confess them of mine. Remember, I was fined for being a mean mom one day. Now, I do bring up this matter of valuing our family members because I I just observe our society. It seems it's never been shallower than it is today. I think some of that's because of social media, you know, where it's all fake anyway. I think our kids are additionally exposed to this collective group thinking where individuality isn't celebrated and valued. That's very contrary to what God does. But anyway, now more than ever, our children need to feel a deep connection to who they are in the eyes of God, who they are in their own homes. And that, of course, comes through siblings and parents. And of course, there's the church too. So yes, we desperately need to carve out some real special moments, special occasions to celebrate the ordinary milestones and the individuality of our little families. Personally, what we did, well, we went very big on birthdays. We were very big on playing together. That was my husband, thank you. I would say he has the love language of play. It's not considered a love language, but we made it up for him because it fits. We were big on family photos, big on these tribute videos. Again, my husband, I must credit, he would document everything, you know, first steps, put that on film, new bikes, Easter outfits. We celebrated graduations at nearly every grade level. So yeah, I really hope you do let your home and homeschool be that very positive place. We have got to counterbalance this hostile world we live in. Our homes need to overflow and gush with a love of life, a sense of belonging, the celebration of the individuals that make up your home, be it that they're your biological children or ones that are grafted in by God's very special design. And I'll add, Be careful about allowing siblings to pick on that one child. You know, the one who just doesn't seem to have it as easy as the rest. I say that because being the youngest from my family and ridiculously small for my age, well, I was quite a candidate for being picked on. So for the love of God, defend that child. Be sure that the struggling one feels loved and valued. I'll just say this whole piece right here, just strive to feel a beautiful homeschool by the sense of value placed on all the members. In closing, friends, our lives are just so messy, aren't they? It is easy for beauty to be snuffed out on all these levels, seeing, hearing, and feeling. But because beauty is rooted in God, please take a stand for it. As the Southerners would say, wipe the sticky off the counter. (laughs) Something my mother would say, sticky. It was like it was a thing. Wipe the sticky off the counter to tidy up. 
put on some Mozart for beauty in the air and snuggle with the child. You know, the one that's pestering everybody today because deep down that child needs a little extra. Yeah, snuggle that one. And that, my friends, will make your homeschool a little bit more beautiful today than maybe it was yesterday. I encourage you, strive for it. Strive for making a beautiful homeschool. For one, to see God, to proclaim Him, and to pass that on to the next generation. They need it, I am convinced. Now I'm going to close with a first, showing us that really we've yet to behold all the beauty that the Lord has to offer us. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. End quote. Well, thank you for joining me today. I am praying for you to make a beautiful homeschool, or little glimpses of it at least, as you journey through home education. I'm Linda LaCour Hobar, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Mystery of Home Education with Linda LaCour Hobar. For more information on Linda's award-winning history program, visit themysteryofhistory.com, a one-stop shop for chronological, Christian, complete world history for all ages.